Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Welcome to Holborn Teaching the Podcast. We are so glad that you're here. It is so good to see um, Rhonda and our beautiful guests today. My name is Laura Forehand, and I will be one of your co-hosts today. How are you doing today, Rhonda? I am doing great, and we are so excited to have Lakidra, excuse me, Lozano back with us on the podcast. Lakidra joined us on the podcast earlier. Um, it was Whole Brain Teaching Inclusive. We want to encourage you to go back and listen to that episode if you missed it because it, it was wonderful. Today, Lakidra is back to share with how she's been using inclusive practices in her Whole Brain Teaching classroom. Welcome back to the podcast, Lakidra. Thank you. It's so good to be here. A whole bunch of change since I was there last time. So it's exciting. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to hear it. So let's get into it here. So what do we mean when we use the word inclusive or inclusion? Okay, so in education, both of those words are used almost interchangeably, but Webster defines inclusion as the practice or policies of providing equal access, equal accesses to opportunities and resources for people who might otherwise be excluded. So that exclusion can be any anything, you know, marginalized groups of people, people with differing disabilities, um, any type of an, uh, exclusion. So this is actually the practice of providing equal opportunity and equal access. Okay. Well, we know that you've done a lot of work in this area, um, probably prior to whole brain teaching, but especially since after whole brain teaching, since we've known you. So talk to us about creating accessible whole brain teaching materials. Like what does that involve? Sure. So it can involve a lot. Um, One of the things that I personally do now is that anything that I have hanging up in my classroom, because I teach uh, all the way from preschool to college, anything I have hanging up in my classroom specifically for whole brain teaching because it is so poster based and the the graphics are beautiful. I also have them low to the ground so that my students can access them and reference them whenever they need to. So whether it's my power picks or my rules posters, whatever I have hanging, I make sure that my students can see them. Um, And it's the same thing digitally. If I'm presenting a PowerPoint or something, I make sure that all my students have access because some of them have different ways that they access their technology. So I make sure that all of that is in place when I am using any material from whole brain teaching. Um, And as far as the creation goes, you know, I'm printing off things just like everyone else. Um, When it comes to digital, I'm doing a couple more things. I'm adding alternative text to um, pictures um, because again, whole brain teaching is very graphic. So I'm adding alternative text so that my students with screen readers can 
you know, see what's going on in the picture. Um, if it's a brainy gesture, I am putting the actual action of the brainy, what exactly you do with your body. I'm putting that in the alt text so they know what to do. It's not so much about them seeing the graphic as much as it is uh, that they're included on uh, doing all the steps and the processes and everything. Um, and then if, you know, I have students of varying challenges. So sometimes if they're not able to physically do the brainy or physically say something, we work with communication devices and I've worked with all of them now. And I work with, um, you know, some occupational therapists and some aides who are helping students physically move. So there's a lot of things that go into preparing and you really have to be um, intentional and survey your class because, you know, as you guys know, we don't always know what we're going to get at the beginning of the year or who's going to walk through our door in the middle of the year. So we have to be ready to um, create different things. So it's just all about being intentional and purposeful um, about it and knowing your, knowing your students. I like how you mentioned that it's intentional because I don't think we, we realize that sometimes, but as teachers, we do need to be intentional. So I think all teachers want to create that climate where all students, especially those with various challenges, feel included with all parts of the classroom. So how do we make this a reality? I think you touched on it a little bit. So like, like I said, yep, be intentional and really use that word inclusion. Um, a lot of times, um, and I said it when I did my our summer trainings, um, if anybody uh, went to those, I said it a lot. A lot of times, the act of including students is kind of put into the back of our brains. So as we're planning and as we're creating, move that word really uh, to the front of your brain because it should be a um, ongoing, uh, ongoing thing in your planning and your practices in your classroom. So really to, to create that climate, you have to be intentional. It has, inclusion has to be on the brain and we're teachers. We've got tons of things going on. So sometimes it's not, and it's uh, sometimes an afterthought really. Um, but the more and more we pull that word from the back of our brain to the front and really make sure that when we're planning and as we're creating things, we are really making sure that, you know, the majority of your classroom has access and that little minority that doesn't, we're going to find a different way to do that. You know, that's going to create that climate where every student feels welcome because I want the students, anybody to walk in my room, no matter what their challenges is or what their challenges are. Mm -hmm. And I want them to be able to participate um, as everyone else is participating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. So what types of special circumstances do you personally have at your school or in your classroom? And then what does whole brain teaching look like with these students? So um, as most of uh, most people who know me know, um, I actually start at my own school. So I run an entire K through 12 school. Um, my whole entire school has um, the students that are coming to me um, are from parents who have just um, experienced different things within the school setting that their children were at. So they were looking for a different option. Um, all of my students are one on one. So what I do is I work with all 13 students on my caseload every day of the week. We work one on one for a couple of hours and um, it's very different because I'm used to teaching music with 40, 50 students in each grade. Um, but now I have one-on-one -on -one students, um, K through 12, with a bunch of different uh, challenges. So 
Um, everyone at my school that I'm currently at, um, they are on an IEP or a 504. It's a hundred percent IEP or 504. So, um, you can imagine that creating uh, accessible materials and being inclusive, each of my students have their own individual plan, individual academics, individual way of doing things. So um, it's a lot for one person because it's only me, but um, how does whole brain teaching work? Um, it works very similar to, you know, if I had 20 people in a classroom, um, but we're just working one-on-one. -on -one. So I'm teaching brainies, I'm teaching um, the rules, I'm teaching the virtues, I'm doing all of that stuff. It's just on a one-on-one -on -one or a very small group basis because we do have some students that meet you know, in a small group setting a couple of times a week. So I'm using it all, but it's very, very different because you're only working with one student. But it lends itself very well to being very inclusive because I have students with different sensory needs. So we don't have to necessarily deal with, you know, the whole class saying yes after that class, yes. We don't necessarily have to worry about, um, uh, a rule, you know, how we get that, use that brainy creativity. Sometimes the creativity will scare us child with sensory needs so I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff so it lends itself very very well to really really being intentional and very inclusive and doing what's best for that child some students don't like the gestures so we have to work around it because I don't let them not do gestures but we'll, we'll figure out something different so it, it again um, my school I created my school for that to lend itself to being able to meet the needs of every single student that walks in Mm. So just quickly, if I can kind of ask a follow-up question, Lakeidra, on that. So let I, I love how you have your school set up and I love that you're able to work one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, that's, that's incredible. How, how would a teacher such as myself, if I have 15 to 25 students in the classroom, um, and I have one that has maybe some um, additional needs, such as maybe they're blind or hearing impaired. How do I go about making whole brain teaching inclusive to everyone? Um, you know, maybe that student, maybe I have a student in there that has autism or other sensory um, needs. How, how do I, how do I make my classroom of I'm just going to say 15. I'm in a small rural school. So my classroom of 15, where 14, and I use this word very carefully, appear neurotypical, whereas one maybe has some sensory or has autism or, again, is visually or hearing impaired. How do, how do I go about setting up my classroom whole brain teaching wise in that situation? Sure. So, um, and again, this varies between the different abilities of that child, what they are able or not able to do at that particular moment. Um, I always make sure that all of my kids are sitting together, moving around together. If you do partners, um, you know, I, I think I've always said, you know, Johnny has to switch partners like everyone else in your class has to switch partners. So everybody will get a chance to work with Johnny, right? You don't want to single Johnny out because he has some differing needs. You want to make sure everyone in that class is uh, working with that student. Um, you also set it up to where, again, your materials are in an accessible place. Maybe that's a maybe it's digital. Maybe it's a bin um, on the side of your desk where everybody knows, hey, if you can't see this poster, 
um, it's there. If you can't see what I have written on um, the smart board, it's there. Um, if you need something, please let me know because sometimes students know what they need. And if you allow them to tell you what's going to work for them, that is like the best thing ever because it brings in that self-advocacy that I love. Uh, I love students to have. And it lets you know, hey, they know what works for them. So it's really nice. Um, herring impaired. I would say, you know, we use a lot of gestures in whole brain teaching. Um, so that student that is hard of hearing, maybe he's closer to the front. Uh, that student who uses ASL, make sure that you are very explicitly saying, these are not ASL gestures, but we use them in class to, uh, to commit different topics to the memory. Um, so again, you know, know your student um, and make sure they explicitly understand that, hey, um, this is what we do here. A lot of times I will front load information. So I'll let students know ahead of time, hey, we're getting ready to go from this task to this task. You're going to have to use gestures because maybe that's a sensory thing. We're going to use gestures here. So you know uh, what's coming and they're not, you know, blindsided or anything like that with, you know, routines that they may find unpleasant. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I hit on a couple of different people, but Again, it's going to vary from student to student. It's going to vary from, again, what they can and can't do. And it's all about really setting up that time to really get to know all of your students, really. But especially if you have different, you know, ones with different challenges, you want to get to know them. You want to make sure that, you know, you're including the parents. If they have a device that helps them communicate, you want to make sure that all of your responses are going to be in that communication device so that you know, if they have a voice, everybody can access it. So that's what, um, that's how I set up my classroom and even one-on-one -on -one small group and everything. I always, you know, front loading information. I teach explicitly a lot of these whole brain teaching routines that very first week. So that again, throughout the year, we're not, you know, uh, again, blindsided or having to learn a whole bunch of new things so that usually helps. Well, Let's say if me or like I got a child in my classroom and I didn't know what to do, or maybe one of our listeners didn't know what to do, could they contact you and maybe could help them brainstorm some ways to, you know, provide some inclusion for those students? Absolutely. Yep. Um, so I am now gold certified. So I got my, my um, whole brain teaching email. So it's great. Um, okay. So you can absolutely contact me via email. My email is my first and last name. So it's Lozano at wholebrainteaching.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook and send me a private message, that's fine. You can also find me on the uh, Whole Brain Teaching Inclusive page. Um, and I'll talk about that here in a little bit yeah. as well. So yeah, <laughs> I kind of got ahead of that, but I just thought, sometimes, you know, I'm listening to the podcast, you know, and it doesn't apply to me right now. And then boom, next year, I'm thinking, what can I do to help this child? And I think you would be a great resource to some teachers out there. So thank you for giving up that time. So, all right. Um, we talked about how teachers can help students with disabilities with a class with classroom inclusion, but how can teachers with disabilities use these whole brain teaching strategies? So, yep. Um, and again, if you know me in person and know me, you know, digitally very well, um, like a lot of you do, um, I am blind and I have a host of other medical stuff, chronic things and physical things that also are kind of impede my abilities to do certain things. So um, again, it's 
work. It does take a little bit of work. I have to make sure that the materials that I'm printing are alt texted. I have to be on top of my game and know the brainies. So if it means that I'm asking my friends in a whole brain teaching research and development meeting, hey, can you describe what coach is doing? Um, or I ask coach, can you describe what you're doing? So I can, I know what to do. Um, I'm making mental notes of how to do certain things so that I can go then teach it to other people. Um, I think I mentioned before, I alt text all of my images because I do use a screen reader. So I have to put in, hey, what are these images? Are these What are these wonder words? I have to make sure that I know what the picture looks like and what the gesture is. So similar to what I do for students, I'm doing to myself. Uh, I'm doing with myself as well. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for help. I know that I've sat in meetings and I'm like, can somebody explain what's going on? Because I'm not able to see the gesture on the screen. Um, that's my biggest tip. I reach out to people, ask for help. You know, nine times out of 10, they're going to be more than willing to help you do what you need to do to help everyone else. So that's how um, I personally get around it. And I know um, I can't speak for everybody, but the whole brain teaching community is so amazing. Um, and we are really just a community that helps others with no questions asked. Um, and it's one of the favorite, one of my favorite things about being involved in this movement is that we are just willing to help no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, so don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. I was going to say that like there is definitely a camaraderie and a and a, such a willingness to help teachers, whatever they need. So, and, and I echo what Rhonda said that you are an incredible resource as far as, um, well, really everything that ha whole brain teaching has to offer. But then in addition to that, the inclusion and the uh, uh, making things adaptable to students, to all students. So um, yes, we will definitely put your information in the show notes. But before we wrap up the podcast, you mentioned this just a minute ago. Can you tell us about the Whole Brain Teaching Inclusive Facebook page and give us like a quick update on how that's going? It's been going for a couple of years now, right? I think it's about a little bit over a year. I don't think we're okay. Yeah, I think it's about a year now or a little over a year. Um, so really happy about that. Uh, you and I both started that page. Um, I think the, a little bit after we did the first podcast. So it's been a little bit. Um, we are up to 2.9 thousand followers or people that are on that page. So that's crazy. Um, and that page is one that you can go to and ask very specific questions. Um, so it's not general. Um, sometimes it is a general whole ring teaching question that we can, you know, all field and answer. But this is a page for very specific questions or ideas. Say you have a student that has a challenge that you have not experienced before, and you're using a whole brain teaching strategy, or you want to know what types of whole brain teaching strategies might work for said student, um, that's the place to go because there is a wealth of knowledge amongst all of the teachers that are there. There is a wealth of veterans and new whole brain teachers there. And between all of that, um, you'll, you're, you'll get some stuff to try. Um, and it's really nice when 
and, you know, teachers will follow up on a situation and say, oh, that worked really well, or that's working very well. So um, that's a place to go to ask very specific questions about just different students you might have or a challenge that you haven't dealt with before. Um, and even me as a that whole brain teacher, I still have challenges and I'm going to that group going, hey, um, anyone have any ideas? So it's a really good place to go. And I'm really happy with um, um, the way that it's been turning out and people are finding us. So great. I would agree. Well, Lakidra, we are so thankful you agreed to join us on this podcast again and even sharing your story with us. And you touch base a little bit about how teachers can get a hold of you through um, your email and Facebook pages. Um, and I would encourage any of our listeners to please do that because she is a wealth of information. She thinks outside of the box and she will help you feel, have those kids feel included in their classroom. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lakeidra, thank you so much for joining us. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us um, for this episode. And again, we want to encourage you to go back and listen to Lakidra's first episode with us. Um, you can find that and all our podcasts on Podbean, or you can head to the Whole Brain Teaching page to find a link to those. Um, we know this episode and her previous episode are going to be staples as teachers of all abilities create not only whole brain teaching classrooms, but inclusive whole brain teaching classrooms. And that is truly one of our passions and our goals here at Whole Brain Teaching. Absolutely. So please like, follow, and share this podcast on your favorite podcast app. You continue to inspire us with your comments and suggestions. Our goal with this podcast is to help other teachers, whether you are new or just getting started or a veteran who has been in the classroom for years. We are so thankful for you, our listeners, for joining our conversation today. 